lecture five part two of christian patience by william bernard ullathorne this librivox recording is in the public domain lecture five on the patience of the son of god part two let us here pause and turn our reflection upon ourselves we profess to be the patient followers of the patient son of god do we understand how deep that patience goes which rests the humanity of christ upon the firm foundation of his divinity and gives to his human will the strength to hold to the will of his father unmoved and undisturbed in its peace and self-possession by all that men can say or do against him do we understand the profundity of that patience which refrains from every egotistical self-assertion however grossly he is misjudged however ignominiously he is insulted he only glorifies his heavenly father declares his unity with his father and equally declares that he can do nothing without his father yet he calls upon us to be the imitators of his patience to rest for strength on him to take up our daily cross and follow him to refrain from selfish egotism and in patience to possess our souls contemplate the plenitude of the godhead dwelling corporately in christ jesus and how nevertheless he only manifested his grace and wisdom by degrees as men could bear their light whilst the splendour of his light and wisdom is all reserved within him held back by his infinite patience although in the person of god he bore with unspeakable patience the enclosure of the virginal womb he endured the humbling conditions of infancy the trials and subjection of youth the labours of obedience to his earthly guardians and the toils of labour he submissively remained under the law of obedience for thirty years until the law of moses permitted him to teach yet he was himself the master of the law himself the object of the law he came with the new law of grace and love yet patiently submitted himself to the hard restraints and rigorous observances of that ceremonial law which was but an irksome and laborious figure of his own mission and sacrifice but though he faithfully observed its commands to the letter apart from the corruptions of the pharisees that very law was made the pretext for opposing his preaching and the final plea for putting him to death whoever will apply his mind with diligence to the consideration of these contrasts between the interior spirit of christ and the exterior law of moses to which he was obedient will obtain a new key to his divine patience by obeying the law of life he was made subject to the law of death severe to himself he is gentle mild and forbearing to all others his meekness is the beautiful flower his peacefulness the sweet fruit of his patience his doctrine is doubted and disputed he is charged with being an impostor he is called a blasphemer his wonderful works are ascribed to the devil his adversaries gnash their teeth burn with rage and are prepared to stone him yet his equanimity is unmoved his meek demeanour is not altered 
the calmness of his peace undergoes no change resting on his union with his father the ground of his invincible strength his divine fortitude is tried at every point and at every point his patience is invincible after submitting himself to the baptism of john in obedience to the holy spirit he retreats into the savage wilderness abides among wild beasts fasting from all food for forty days and devoting himself to prayer then came his encounter with the enemy of mankind and his endurance of those vile and hypocritical temptations in which he taught us how like temptations must be resisted by the strength of patience and the word of god his acts are the seal of his teaching his patience a great part of his expiation for our sins as the lord of men he became their teacher and having the perfect knowledge of what brings pardon from the offended patience of god he taught them how to escape from death to life meeting darkness with light and insults with meekness his voice was not heard in contention but for revilings he gave back the blessings of compassion he despised no man's roof he refused not to sit at any poor man's table he came not to seek the just but sinners to repentance the pretenders to purity brought this very charge against him that he conversed and sat at table with publicans and sinners he was not angry with the city that refused him entrance within its gates and when some of his disciples would have him bring down fire from heaven as elias did to revenge the insult he rebuked them in these words you know not of what spirit you are the son of man came not to destroy souls but to save st luke chapter nine verses fifty five and fifty six he healed the ungrateful he yielded himself to his betrayers nor was this much since he took a traitor into his company treated him with habitual kindness entrusted him with the common purse and gave warnings to his conscience yet all this goodness only proved his hardness and ingratitude betrayed by this man to his enemies and led like a sheep to the slaughter he opened not his mouth in complaints but bore all that came upon him in meek and silent patience when peter drew the sword in his defence he not only rebuked him with that patience which is the mother of mercy but healed the wound that he had not inflicted was it necessary to heap contumelies upon contumelies and lay them on his head when malice deliberately planned had already doomed him to death yet having power to lay down his life and power to take it up again he chose to leave this life full and sated with the dignity and joy of patience falsely accused and that in the name of his father's law he is spit upon scourged derided clothed in mockery as a sham king for the entertainment of jews and heathens alike and crowned with thorns that the blood of his brow might exhibit his royalty upon his exhausted limbs he carries the cross of the criminal with ignominy unspeakable 
and stripped to nudity on golgotha he is crucified before the people whom he came to save from hell crucified with every circumstance of cruelty and torment how wonderful is the death that has given us life how wonderful in humility in suffering in patience how sublime this deliverance of souls rescued from death through the harrowings of the cross behold god hidden in the nature of man and that nature is rent and torn to death without a single sign of man's impatience from this alone should the pharisees have known their lord for no mere man could have shown a patience so divine if we enter into the interior of the son of god we shall there find a crucifixion of the soul sustained by a charity most patient because most divine nothing can be so helpful to souls under interior trials as to enter in spirit into the interior crucifixion of our blessed lord he thirsts for the salvation of all whom by his incarnation he has made his brethren and the resistance that he meets with from the pride of self-seeking wills causes him the greatest anguish of spirit to this anguish he gave voice when approaching jerusalem he spoke to her people with lamentations and tears jerusalem jerusalem thou that killest the prophets and stonest them that are sent to thee how often would i have gathered thy children as a hen doth gather her chickens under her wings and thou wouldst not behold your house shall be left to you desolate st matthew chapter twenty three verses thirty seven and thirty eight if the souls of the saints suffered intensely from the opposition of sinners to the charity that prayed and labored for their conversion how much more did the god of charity suffer in his human soul when his light his grace and all his sufferings for the souls of men were rejected and despised the fire of his charity consumed him within because their hardened hearts would not suffer it to spread abroad it is written that our god is a consuming fire hebrews chapter twelve verse twenty nine it is also written prophetically of the son of god as the spouse of souls that love is strong as death jealousy is hard as hell the lamps thereof are fires and flames canticles chapter eight verse six and saint justin the martyr tells us there was a tradition in the holy land among those who had seen the disciples of our lord that he was wont to say those who are near to me are near a fire he said to his disciples i came to cast fire on the earth and what will i but that it be enkindled and i have a baptism wherewith i am to be baptized and how am i straightened until it be accomplished st luke chapter twelve verses forty nine and fifty this fire was his burning charity this baptism his fiery sufferings he was straightened by his intense desire to accomplish his sufferings that he might spread the living fire of his charity but his patience held his desires in obedience until the hour appointed by his father 
thus was his ardent love for souls repressed and restrained within him until brought to his baptism of blood his love was crucified within him and then by his death he purchased the descent of the holy ghost in flames of love upon the souls of men throughout his mortal life his cross was always before him and he looked upon its nearer and nearer approach not only with an enduring but with a desiring fortitude and patience from time to time and by degrees he brought the passion that he should suffer before the minds of his chosen disciples not only showing that his sacrifice was before his mind but preparing them for its tremendous realization he thus commended to their hearts his supreme love of their souls and taught them what they only after his resurrection understood to the full to return love for love blood for blood and death for death what else did he teach in his admonitions but that they should take up their cross daily and follow him on his last journey to jerusalem going direct to his sacrifice jesus went before the disciples and they were astonished and following were afraid and taking the twelve he began to tell them the things that should befall him saying behold we go up to jerusalem and the son of man shall be betrayed to the chief priests and the scribes and ancients and they shall condemn him to death and shall deliver him to the gentiles and they shall mock him and spit on him and scourge him and kill him and the third day he shall rise again st mark chapter ten verses thirty two through thirty four and the gospel records the amazement of the disciples at the ardour with which he went to his sufferings the cross is the furnace of love the patience of the cross demonstrates the perfection of love greater love than this no man hath that a man lay down his life for his friend st john chapter fifteen verse thirteen what was the patient love of christ that suffering love of his father that suffering love of our souls to what did it all tend but to the full and firm surrender of his human nature to his father through those mortal agonies endured with supreme resignation in the absolute certainty that he who accepts the sacrifice will glorify the victim and make the oblation of patient love most fruitful in the words of st leo that ignominious death became the foundation of all benedictions the cause of all graces giving strength out of weakness to believers glory out of ignominy and life out of death of this we have a prophetic figure in the riddle of samson who extracted honey from the jaws of the lion he had slain the sacred scriptures teach in many places that the patience of christ is the principle of his glory for by patience he perfected his sufferings by patience he perfected his work of love by patience he perfected his merits infinite because he suffered in the person of god this great truth is entitled to profound consideration for the sufferings of christ were perfected by his patient resignation to his father's will 
and this throws the greatest light upon the value and reward of all patient suffering under whatever cross or trial endured with christ for the love of god our divine lord quoted the one hundred ninth psalm in proof of his divinity it is a magnificent prophecy of the prerogatives of christ its conclusion gives the cause of the exaltation of his humanity in glory he shall drink of the torrent on the way therefore shall he lift up his head the fathers unanimously assigned this verse to his humiliations and sufferings as the cause of his exaltation the torrent is the rapid course of human events that rush into the current of time with the impetuosity of a flood loud-sounding turbid and unpeaceful but death steps in and man leaves no vestige of his troubled path into that torrent the son of god descended and on the way of his mortal life he drank of the turbid waters and endured their bitter flavour with most loving patience he suffered the griefs of humanity in their severest form he went into the depth of the torrent in his passion he was not refreshed with the sweet waters of delight for sin and misery were all around him but drank of those dark and bitter waters of which it is said in another psalm the waters have come in even unto my soul i am struck fast in the mire of the deep and there is no standing place i have come into the depths of the sea and the tempest hath overwhelmed me psalm sixty eight verses two and three wherefore he hath lifted up his head and the same psalm proclaims his exultation and power the lord said to my lord sit thou on my right hand until i make thy enemies thy footstool the lord will send forth the sceptre of thy power out of sion rule thou in the midst of thy enemies with thee is the principality in the day of thy strength in the brightness of the holies from the womb before the morning star i begot thee the lord hath sworn and he will not repent thou art the priest for ever according to the order of melchizedek on the very day of his resurrection the son of god taught this principle to the two disciples on the way to emmaus to their fears caused by his sufferings and death he replied o foolish and slow of heart to believe in all things which the prophets have spoken ought not christ to have suffered these things and so enter into his glory st luke chapter twenty four verse twenty five in his epistle to the hebrews st paul has also shown that it was by his patient sufferings that christ was perfected a high priest and received the power to save mankind who in the days of his flesh with a strong cry and tears offering up prayers and supplications to him that was able to save him from death was heard for his reverence and being consummated was called by god a high priest according to the order of melchizedek hebrews chapter five verses seven through ten in another and most memorable passage the great apostle exhibits in a most striking way how the humiliations and obedient sufferings of the son of god were the principle of his exaltation 
and that with the express object of impressing upon us that if we suffer in a like spirit of patient and humble obedience we shall be glorified with him let this mind be in you which was also in christ jesus who being in the form of god thought it not robbery to be equal with god but emptied himself taking the form of a servant being made in the likeness of man and in habit found as a man he humbled himself becoming obedient unto death even the death of the cross for which cause god also hath exalted him and hath given him a name which is above all names that at the name of jesus every knee should bow of those that are in heaven on earth and under the earth and that every tongue should confess that the lord jesus christ is in the glory of god the father philippians chapter two verses five through eleven we are thus divinely taught that the humility and the patience which subject our wayward nature to the will of god and keep us steadfast in that subjection through all that we must suffer are the preparation and already contain the seed of the glory that is promised us for this reason our lord exhorts us to take up our daily cross and to follow him with patience and the two great apostles give us each of them a solemn exhortation in the same direction st paul says let us run with patience to the fight proposed to us looking upon jesus the author and finisher of our faith who having joy set before him endured the cross despising the shame and now sitteth at the right hand of god hebrews chapter twelve verses one and two and st peter tells us if doing well you suffer patiently this is thanksworthy before god for unto this you are called because christ also suffered for us leaving you an example that you may follow in his steps one peter chapter two verses twenty and twenty one these high instructions all go to one point that as the patient sufferings of our lord were the cause of his glory the like patience in sufferings will bring us to his glory everything points to patience as the perfecter of the soul for charity is patient if not patient it is very imperfect it has not brought our weak and irritable nature into full subjection to the grace and will of god we may mortify the body but of what avail is that if the soul is not duly mortified charity will be left without its firmness and stability nature will reign where god should reign hence st paul advises us that we should not look to ourselves but to god for the power of patience and should exercise it in christ by bearing our cross with him let us again hear the ardent apostle god who commandeth the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of god in the face of christ jesus but we have this treasure in earthly vessels that excellence may be of the power of god and not of us in all things we suffer tribulation but are not distressed we are straitened but are not destitute 
we suffer persecution but are not forsaken we are cast down but we perish not always bearing about in our bodies the mortification of jesus that the life of jesus may be manifested in our bodies two corinthians chapter four verses six through ten and so he prays for the faithful that they may be strengthened with all might according to the power of his glory in all patience and long-suffering with joy to colossians chapter one verse eleven end of lecture five part two